Well, hello there and welcome back to another episode of the Caregiver Cup podcast. It's Kathy here. And I thought I would throw in a little bit of a Halloween theme or a Halloween discussion with the episode today. And we'll end by talking about fear and the uncertainty as we go into the episode. So bear with me or maybe even have a little bit of fun with uh, the theme of Halloween. We are less than a week away. Actually, it's on, I think it's celebrated on Sunday this year, which is the official day. But I like to think about it as working parents. And I've had have been a working parent in the past. And it's always really hard when Halloween is on a weekday. You have to rush home from work. You have to get the kiddos dressed for trick-or-treating or a party and you're whisked on your way. And then you try to throw in a dinner at the end and it seems like a hectic day. And so I hope the parents and the grandparents and all of the people who celebrate Halloween can use the entire weekend and have a little bit of a fun theme with it. So do you like Halloween? Or do you have fun, fun memories or fond memories of Halloweens of the past? Oh my gosh, I can think of a couple. I'm going to throw out a couple here, but I remember getting my picture taken. I think I was probably about 10-ish and my mom dressed me up as a witch. At the time, I think in the late 60s, early 70s, women wore wigs And I think that's when Dolly Parton was really popular and she still is today, but I'm just kind of throwing this out here. But my mom had this long blondish gray wig that she wore a lot. And I asked her at that time, could I wear that wig with a witch hat and dress up like a witch? And she said, that's such a good idea. And so I remember getting my picture taken at, we had a community park and recreation center and there was a party on a Saturday afternoon and we were bobbing for apples. And I remember getting the, my picture taken and it was in the local newspaper Trust me, it was not a good costume to wear for bobbing for apples, especially when the wig, the hair on the wig was way down to my chest. And so it was a long wig. But I remember also hearing the song a lot, the Monster Mash, playing in the background. And it is actually still the number two song of Halloween of all time, Boris Karloff. I had to look it up because I didn't know who wrote it and sang the song, but who doesn't love the song Monster Mash? That's always a fun one. When my boys were younger, especially Mark and Matt, my first two boys, they were into Ninja Turtles. And my sister made them these cool Ninja Turtle costumes. And they would walk around the neighborhood. They actually wore them for about two weeks before and after Halloween because they love the costume so much. But I remember taking them trick-or-treating. And as a parent, I'm just going to be really blunt not honest, as a parent, it was really exciting to go trick-or-treating with the kids. But once we went to like three or four houses, it wasn't, it was hard work. It was hard work because especially when they're little, you would bring them in a wagon or a stroller, you would get them all dressed up, you get them in there and you have to take them out, make them run up to the door, take them back, put them back in the wagon or the stroller or whatever device you were hauling them around on. And so it was 
I was exhausted by the end of the day. The kids, I think, were as well, but it was it was still fun. I was always excited when the kids got older and they would go out trick-or-treating. And I don't know if you did this as a kid as well, but we used pillowcases because pillowcases were big and you could fill them up and they were easy to carry and you didn't have to worry about handles ripping and all that kind of stuff. I also remember... After Halloween was done or after the trick-or-treating was done, and if it was early enough, I would take my kids to, and I think in the 19, it was 84, I think Ghostbusters came out. Whenever the Bill Murray movie came out, I think it was the 1984-ish kind of era, we would take them to Ghostbusters and the kids would run around with made-up devices on their backs and have little, they would use the paper howling tubes and they would say, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. And then they would do the do, 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 and they'd go around the house. But that was so fun too. I remember too being in corporate America when my kids were little, but we could dress up in the office and I would dress up and I would do like just cat ears or I would dress up in an orange shirt and pretend I'm a pumpkin or whatever it would be. We would all dress up and there were years we we really got into it and then there were years that we, it was kind of low key. But I remember one work year where our team, we had to have a judging kind of thing around the office and our cubicles were all together and we all dressed up when the Michael... Oh, Michael Jackson. The Michael Jackson song, The Thriller, came out. And we danced to Thriller. We had a werewolf in our group. And there was one person that wore the red jacket and the white glove like Michael Jackson. And a lot of us dressed up like mummies or different monster kind of things. And we danced to the Thriller and we moved our feet and everything. It was so fun. The reason I bring this all up is not to sound cheesy, but I bring it up because I think it's important for us as caregivers to let our minds wander a little bit and think about past memories and fun things. And I even did this this morning. I journaled about it. I journaled about the fun things that I did at Halloween, the things I did as a kid. It helped me just kind of get away from it all for 15 to 20 minutes. And then even when I went on my walk this morning after that, I walked around and looked at the carved pumpkins on the porch steps and the people that had the orange lights up and those big blowy up things as well. I looked at all the Halloween decorations and I even thought of more things of the things I did as a kid or the things that we did. I did raising my kids or whatever it would be. And so I started reminiscing about the Halloweens of the past. Then as we were going, then I was asked after I was going for my walk today, then I came back into the house and I shared things with Dennis and said, hey, do you remember some of this? What did you do as a kid? And what things happened to you in the past that is worth sharing? The reason I think it's important is 
when you're sharing stuff with your loved one like this, it takes us away from the everyday things, the everyday caregiver stresses, the everyday caregiver challenge. It gives us something different to talk about. It it lifts up our spirits and we were able to laugh and giggle and find joy. We were laughing about our middle son was always on a mission to figure out each and every year who had the best candy in the neighborhood. And I remember he found somebody that gave out these big, long, almost foot-long candy bars. And he came back and he was so excited because him and his friends found this, I think he was a dentist, a dentist that was giving out at that time a dollar candy bars and they were and everybody had to go there because that was the the prize winning thing that you had to do so one that i that i really laugh about though to this day of a memory of the past is when the original halloween came out and i had to look up the date it came out in 1978 i was a sophomore in high school and I wanted to go to the Halloween movie so bad. Jamie Lee Curtis and that that ugly looking masky face that uh, Michael Myers wore. I think it was Michael Myers, not Jason, Michael Myers. There was only one movie theater in our town and you had to go downtown to the movie theater. It was offered one time on a Friday night, one time on a Saturday, and one time on a Sunday afternoon matinee. My mom would not go. She did not want to go to a scary movie. So I asked my dad to take me. And he agreed that we we bought the tickets, and he agreed he was going to take me on this Saturday night to see Halloween. Well, we got there, and the theater was packed. And at that time, I think now they re- you can reserve seats. Well, at that time, it was just the fold-down seats, and you had to walk into the movie theater, and you had to find your spot. There was only seats left in the front row. And so dad and I sat and watched the movie. But the thing that I laugh about to this day is when my dad got nervous or scared, he was this very, um, I'm trying to think of it. He was very much showing off his hands. Oh, animated. That's what I was thinking about. He was very animated. He would, I took him to different movies as we grew up and he would move in his seat and he would pull on the arms of the chair. He would get all excited. Well, when we saw Halloween at one part of the movie where Michael Myers was standing out in the street and these kids were walking by him, my dad threw up his hands and he slapped himself in the face to cover his eyes. And he broke his glasses during the movie. He broke his glasses. One of his lenses came out and his his plastic glasses on the left cracked up. So he hit himself really hard. So here my dad is during the rest of the movie holding up his glasses with the one arm stem on one side and the rest of his pieces of his glasses he put in his pocket. (laughs) I laugh to this day. What parent would break their glasses? He was so afraid. I was afraid for weeks after. I was afraid of the dark because of (laughs) 
a movie, but it was the best movie ever. And then hearing the music every year, we would go ahead and tease my dad. What is it? Do, 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 you know, whatever that theme song is, we all kind of know what it is. The, the Michael Myers theme song. And then they came out with Halloween two and Halloween, whatever. They came out with different ones. And every year we would tease dad going, should we turn on the Halloween movie? And he'd be like, no way, no way. Well, let's shift gears a little bit, though. In today's caregiver life, let's take a quick break. I wanted to take a quick second and tell you about a free resource that I created just for you. It's not your typical one-page sheet. I wanted much more for you. I've done workshops on these topics and wanted to give you a resource that you could use to journal where you are at, reflect on your stress, and figure out ways to shift and move into a better space. Caregiver stress is inevitable, and if you don't find ways to reduce and release your stress, you're going to burn out. The good news, though, my friend, is no matter where you are at in your overwhelm or your caregiving season, you can shift your stress. In this resource, I share my stress shift plan, say that twice, that changed my caregiver life and many of my caregiver clients. I also give you proven practices to reduce your stress. You're going to see 17 of them. So download this great resource by going to my website at kathylvan.com. And my name is Kathy with a C. So it's C-A-T-H-Y-L-V-A-N.com. My friend, make yourself a priority. Take this next step and work through your stress. When you do that, you can show up better for your loved one. So without further ado, let's go back to the show. Fear and uncertainty look so different. We're not we're not hiding and hiding and afraid of the dark. We're not breaking our glasses out of fear of seeing Michael Myers, our uncertainty and fear look different as a caregiver. Uncertainty, right, for us now is the inability to know what will happen in the future versus just Michael Myers around the corner. Your loved one's disease and treatment can be scary and unpredictable. Feelings of fear and uncertainty among caregivers, though, are normal. And so the the, but they can be a problem if you feel you have no control over your life. If you, if you're fearful of, you don't know what to expect, it can cause stress and anxiety and depression, maybe even anger as a result of it. So since we're talking about Halloween week, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about our fears and how different they are as caregivers. Because it's so easy to flip the light switch on when you're afraid of the monster or the fake monster in the movie. You can't just flip a switch when you're a caregiver and your fear is fear of your loved one's disease or fear of them falling or fear of the uncertainty. So I want to talk about some tips today that may help you when it comes to caregiver fear or the uncertainty of the disease. And the number one most important thing is don't try to deny your fear. 
Talk about it. Talk about it if you can with your loved one. Dennis is really close. And at the time of this podcast that'll episode that'll come out, he should be getting his uh, a scan today. And we're fearful of the cancer. We we have a pretty, pretty good idea that it's back based on all of his symptoms. And so for the first time in a long time, I talked to Dennis about it. I'm scared to death. I don't want this to happen again. But if you don't feel comfortable talking to your loved ones, talk to a friend. Talk to a licensed counselor or therapist. Talk to the Caregiver Cup community and tell them that. Nobody should to talk you down. Nobody should say, oh, stop it. No, you need to talk about your fear and let it out. You also want to try to avoid things, though, that will take you to a deeper place. Just a few episodes ago, I talked about the what ifs. You, you want to avoid the what is. Focus on the aspects of the life that you can control. You cannot control a lot of things, but you can control yourself. And if you want to go back to that episode and grab that episode, as a matter of fact, let me grab the episode for you. It is episode number 66. Do you have the if onlys or the what if syndrome? And that will give you more information about that. Another one is try not to let your emotions and fears sway you, sway your decision. You want to really seek out the information and get all the research in. Ask your doctor, ask a friend to really help you because you don't want to go ahead and think the worst or assume the worst and let that sway any decisions that you need to make. You want to also talk to your doctor or your your loved one's doctor about what to expect. Then prepare yourself for the best. Uh, when in when Dennis has to go back in for chemotherapy treatment or whatever the outcome of the scan is, I don't want to make assumptions right now. I want to wait till the results are fully done and the doctor explains it all. I can t- think about what to expect it, in the respect of what if the cancer is back. I can prepare myself that way. I can prepare myself with questions. I can prepare myself for that. But I don't want to ex- I don't want to live any further than that right now. I don't want to go ahead and think about for example, what if he can't work? Because I don't know that yet. Why should I go that far? I should just focus in on just today and tomorrow and get the results of that. You also want to think about giving yourself in your mind a break. Distract yourself, especially when fear and uncertainty is right on your shoulder blades. Distract yourself with a good book, a good movie. Go out for coffee with a friend. Spend some time going for a walk. Distract yourself. Use the Halloween example. Think about some fun things that have happened in the past and get your mind off of things. It truly will help you manage your stress and your overwhelm. Another go-to technique for me is grab the journal. 
Write down a list of things you're thankful for or you're grateful for. Look at it when you're feeling scared because there's nothing worse than staying in that scared space. Like I talked about, it can it can cause stress and anxiety versus staying in the positive space is the p- space that you want to be or the gratitude space. Allow yourself some time to feel scared or feel the fear or feel the uncertainty, but then also saying, I'm still thankful for this. I'll give you an example. When my dad was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, the doctor said, you have two to 11 months to live. Okay. And that was such a long span, but they didn't know at that time. And so the initial reaction was, oh my gosh, we don't know when it's going to be. We could live our life in each and every month thinking this was his last month or this was his last week versus living in the present, being grateful for another week with dad, being grateful to have a dinner with dad, being grateful and thinking about, well, let's go for a ride today. You seem like you're up and feeling well today. Let's go ahead and seeing if your friend wants to come over for a visit, that sort of thing. And so being, being, listing out what you're grateful for you definitely can see the more positive side. Know that you can't predict how all the all of this will evolve. It won't be easy, but you have to trust that whatever happens, you will find the courage to face each challenge as it comes, especially if you are focusing on that, if you are working on your journaling, if you're working on taking care of yourself, if you're working on making sure that you're going for a walk or you're taking time away or you're spending time with a friend for a little, a few hours a day, when you, or, or when you're rested, that kind of thing. So what I'm trying to get at here is you don't know the future, but but you can control things around yourself. You can control saying, yeah, I know this disease is going to progress. So it's more important than ever that I focus in on myself right now so that when my loved one needs me even more, I'm well rested, I'm eating healthy, I'm moving my body, whatever it will be. You will have the wisdom to make the difficult decisions, and you have to keep telling yourself that and believing in that. You will find the strength to do whatever you have to do. So to end here today, when you hear trick or treat this week, think about fond memories and take in all the smiles of those little ones. Remind yourself, even while you're doing the trick-or-treating or even on Halloween, maybe you make yourself a fun little dinner and you reminisce about the times of the past. Take yourself away from the situation a little bit. Enjoy some fun monster music. Listen to some of the Ghostbuster music and say, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters, and then inside saying, who are you going to call? 
fear busters or confident busters or whatever you want to call yourself, you're going to go ahead and buster through and take away some of that fear, take away some of that anxiety, which is which is your your way of doing it or which is going to be a way to do it. I know that's pretty cheesy. I know, but it's fun. You want to have you want to have good days be, and you want to enjoy good days and you might have to get really creative about having good days. But when you do have those good days, you want to embrace them and you want to be able to brace them by finding joy, by recognizing the joy, by taking the time and feeling gratitude and journaling gratitude and talking about gratitude, because that's what's going to get you through this caregiver life that you're in. And I, I talk about it all the time. In order to reduce your stress, in order to reduce your overwhelm, in order to reduce your anxiety, you have to find ways to shift. And I'm turning a, a switch right now. I'm turning my hand right now on my wrist. Because when you can go ahead and flip that switch, like you were watching a horror movie and you turn the light back on because you're afraid of the dark, you're going to find joy. You're going to find gratitude and you're going to be able to embrace the little things. So have a good rest of the day today. And as the week progresses, happy Halloween and trick or treat. Bye for now.